Welcome to another dynamic word from Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor of Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Southeast Texas. We're so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website, cotr.com. Enjoy the word. Genesis chapter 18, let me, uh, let me encourage you today to realize that God chooses fathers. We know He chooses children. Because when God wants a job done, a child is born. That's the pattern. It was the pattern with Jesus. It was the pattern with Moses. You know, it was the pattern with Samson. When God wants a job done, a child is born. That's the way it always has been. And we do know that God chooses mothers. There's a whole lot of preachers, preachers, you know, they, 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 they preach sermons on God choosing mothers. How God chose Hannah and God chose Rebecca and how God chose Mary. God chooses mothers. God chooses children. God chooses mothers. But today I want you to know that Almighty God is the one that chooses fathers. He chooses a godly father for every one of us. It may not be our biological father. We'll look in the Word of God and realize that it's not always a biological father. Sometimes it's a stepfather. Sometimes it's a, it's a father-in-law. Sometimes it's, it's a, you know, an adoptive father. Sometimes a foster father. Sometimes a spiritual father. Sometimes a father image. But Almighty God has not left us without a father. He would not even leave His own son without a father image in His life. God chooses fathers. We find in Genesis, the 18th chapter, in the 19th verse, why God chooses them. The Bible says, For I have known Him. God talking about Abraham. This is God talking about Abraham. I have known Him. Some indication there is I have chosen him because I have known him. I know what he'll do, so I chose him in order that he may command his children and his household after him, that they keep the way of the Lord to do righteousness and justice, and that the Lord may bring on Abraham that which he has spoken to him. Uh, now, here's a picture of God choosing Abraham chose him to be a father of many nations, and he chose him to be a father of the covenant so that he might pass it on in a fatherly way. God chose Abraham to be a father because he knew that Abraham would order his family and teach his children how to walk in the way of the Lord. He knew that Abraham would give his children, his sons and his daughters, what God had given him. He knew that the gift that, that, that God, God knew the gift that he gave to Abraham, Abraham would give those gifts to his children, including the covenant that he passed on through Isaac. God chooses fathers. God also chose Noah to be a father to Ham, Sham, and Japheth. He knew who they needed. He knew what the time needed, who what the season needed. And he would have been willing, and he probably chose Noah to be the father, the spiritual father and leader of so many other people, but they would not allow it. Noah preached one message 120 years, and anybody that wanted to could have said yes and gotten right with God and got on that boat. 
but only his children did. God chose, we know God chose Moses, but we don't know much about Moses' father, not his biological father. You know, he perhaps was in, his, in, 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 in the home of his father and mother for maybe just two or three years until he was weaned. And then he went into Pharaoh's house as just a little boy. And in Pharaoh's house, we don't find out if Pharaoh was a father to him or a grandfather to him or, or anyone there fathered him. We don't find out. But we do know that when Moses was 40 years old, God sent Moses out to the Midianite desert. And there he met a man named Jethro, who would later become his father-in-law. And Jethro, if you read the scriptures, taught Moses how to shepherd the children of Israel, how to take care of the, uh, Jethro's principle is still a principle we use to take care of huge crowds. How Jethro taught Moses and told him what to do as a father. And Moses listened to him and followed his advice. And was able to lead a couple of million people across a wilderness because of the father that God chose for Moses. We know that David was chosen as a father to Solomon. We know that Elijah was chosen to be a father for Elisha. And we know that Elijah gave Elisha certain gifts, certain abilities, and granted him and gave him and imparted to him a double portion of what Elijah had had in his life. We know that Joseph was chosen by God to be the father figure for Jesus in his early lifetime and in his growth. You ever imagine that? You know, God did not need Joseph in order for Mary to bring forth the son of Almighty God. But he did need Joseph in order for Jesus to have a father. God chooses fathers. Just like God chose Paul to be a father to Timothy. We know that is so because late in Paul's life, I believe it was around the year about 67 AD, I believe that Paul was about 62 years old at that point. And I believe that it was close to the last few months of the Apostle Paul's life as he was in prison in Rome, just before he's going to be martyred, just before he's going to be executed by Nero and have his head cut off. I believe that Paul sits down at that point to write a letter that we have today as the book of 2 Timothy. Would you look with me? This all-important letter, the last words. You see, Paul had invested his life in Timothy. He was Timothy's spiritual father. He was chosen by God to be Timothy's spiritual father. We know nothing else about Timothy's biological father, and we don't know about the men in his life that influenced him. But we do know that when Paul connected with him, he became Paul's son in the faith. Paul taught him, took him with him, and taught him things. And now at the end of Paul's life, in 2 Timothy 1, verse 1, reading from the New King James Version, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, chosen by God, according to the promise of life, which is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, a son. Wow, you see this relationship? 
The Apostle Paul is using what might be his last words to be recorded and left for us. He's choosing to send this letter to his son in the faith. And look what he says to his son. Grace, number one. Number two, mercy. And number three, peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. What the Father has given me, I want to make sure you have. I want to make sure that you have grace and mercy and peace from God my Father, our Father, the Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ. This morning there are five gifts that I'm going to share with you. Five gifts from a father, from a godly father. Five things that I believe that the Apostle Paul taught his son that we will find in 2 Timothy. And I'm going to encourage all of you who are fathers. I'm going to encourage you to teach these five things to your children. And I'm going to encourage all of you who are future fathers to make sure that you also in your opportunity of life teach these and impart these to your children. It's so important. And a third thing I'm going to do this morning is I'm going to encourage all of you who are children of God to realize that God has chosen by his own decision, he has chosen someone to teach you these things. And you should honor your father. It's a gift of God. Number one, the first thing that the Apostle Paul mentions as a gift that he is going to give and he, and, and, and he wants to remind Timothy of and he wants to make sure that Timothy has abundance of. The first thing is grace. Grace, he said. What is grace? Grace is the unmerited, unearned, undeserved favor and blessing of God. This is grace. Grace is what makes us able to do things that we could not do on our own. God, you know, teaching you. I'm doing this by a grace God has given me. Okay? I could not do this on my own. I'm, I'm not, I might could come up here and tell you something and be a teacher, but with the grace of God, it can be God in me doing more than I could do. I mean, listen. One of the things you want to make sure you never do is to tell your child, you'll never be able to do that. You can't do that. You need to quit that. You're no good at that. You're not going to do that. You know, even if they couldn't, there is a grace that comes from Almighty God. Even if they couldn't on their own, there is a grace that comes from God that says you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Right now, just throw away, if you had a father that, that put you down and told you you couldn't and limited you and, and never encouraged you and, and never, never gave you a chance and always was, was telling you you couldn't do something, put all those things away because God has raised up someone else in your life. Look at them, realize, embrace them. Somebody is telling you you can. Somebody's telling you you're able. Somebody is telling you you can do all things. Somebody is telling you that all things are possible through God. Somebody is telling you that God will make up what you can't do. You do your best and God will do the rest because it's the grace of God that Paul wanted Timothy to have an abundance of because God had given an abundance of grace to Paul. Paul had prayed, God, I've got a problem in my life. And God said, my grace is sufficient. 
My grace in your life is all you need. My grace will make it happen. You and my grace can do this. And I'm telling you today, if you're facing a mountain, facing a problem, if you're facing a, a, you know, a situation in life, even something that you caused yourself, I'm telling you that by the grace of Almighty God, you can overcome it. You can be a victor. You don't have to go under. You can go over. You can be on top. You can be in charge. God has made you an overcomer. It's by His grace. And that's what Paul was wanting Timothy to know. He wanted him to know, my son, you know, I'm about to go off this earth. My days are limited. I'm not going to be here very long. I've taught you these things. But I want you to know, number one, the grace of God. I want you to experience the grace of God in your life. Today, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Not because of who you are, not because of what you know, not because of, of how smart you are or, or how good-looking you are, how rich you are, but it's because Almighty God has given His grace to you. You can leap tall buildings at a single bound. You can be stronger than a locomotive and faster than a speeding bullet because of the grace of God. Don't tell yourself you can't. Don't let anybody else tell you you can't. Because the Father said you can. You can do all things through Christ. And that's exactly what Paul wanted Timothy, his son, to know. In 2 Timothy, the second chapter in verse 1, he said, You therefore, my son, you be strong in the grace of that is in Christ Jesus. That undeserved, unmerited, unearned favor and ability and blessing of God. Be strong in what God can do in you. You can run through a troop and you can leap over a wall because of Almighty God in you. A second thing was mercy. Mercy. In 2 Timothy, the first chapter, verse 16, the Apostle Paul writes, the Lord grant mercy to the household of Onesiphorus, for he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chain. Verse 18, the Lord grant to him that he may find mercy from the Lord in that day. And you know very well how many ways he ministered to me at Ephesus. It was important to the Apostle Paul that Timothy see him model mercy. See him pray for mercy. What is mercy? Mercy is Lord don't give them what they deserve. Mercy is what Jesus said on the cross. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Mercy is what Stephen said at his stoning. Father, don't lay this to their charge. Mercy is what we do whenever somebody cuts us off in traffic, our butts in line in front of us. Fathers, we need to model mercy. Fathers, listen, we need to make sure that our children understand that we are merciful toward others that we care about others, that we care that God blesses others. We care that others get first, and we care that others get something. It's not just about us. It's not just about what I, what, what, what I can get. It's about what others can get. Mercy. Our children need to see us being merciful, not vindictive, and not hateful, not prideful, and not arrogant. We need our children to see us being merciful. One of the things I remember about my mother is she was such a merciful person. She was never could you say anything in her presence about anyone that she didn't cover with mercy. 
be merciful. A third thing that the Apostle Paul said in, in 2 Timothy, the first chapter, he said he wanted to make sure that Timothy knew peace, that he had the peace of God. You know, the peace of God is so important. We cannot underestimate how much we need peace, not just in our own lives, our own mind, but peace in our family, peace in our community, peace in our nation, peace in the world, peace in our generation. And it's up to us. It's up to you whether or not you're going to be that person of peace. That's what the angels announced on the night that Jesus was born. Peace on earth. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And the Apostle Paul wanted to teach his son how important peace was. Grace and mercy and peace from the Father. I want you, Timothy, to have peace. I want my children to have peace. I don't want them to live in turmoil and aggravation and frustration and irritation all of the time. I don't want them to live in the intensity of this world that makes them mad and sad and, and, and feel as though that nobody likes them and everybody hates them. I want them to believe that they have peace. I want them to feel the peace of God even in the midst of the storm, a peace that passes all understanding, a peace that overwhelms us, a peace of Jesus Christ in the midst of the battle, in the midst of the storm, in the midst of the night, in the midnight hour, in jail, in chains, in stocks, having been beaten and having been publicly disgraced to have such peace in their life that they can lift up their voice and sing praises to God. Peace. It's what I want my children to know. The fourth thing that the Apostle Paul said, there are themes that run through 2 Timothy. And, and one of the themes that we see over and over in 2 Timothy is the theme of endurance. Oh, if I could get one gift from God, that gift of endurance would certainly be valuable. To be able to endure, to be able to carry my cross. Let me give you a picture here, and I hope if you don't take anything else away, that you would take this with you. You know, many times your burden is heavy. That's what Jesus said. You know, you know cast your care on me. Let me take your burden, you know. Let me have your burden, you take mine. Come unto me, all you who are labor and are heavy burdened. Take my yoke. What's his yoke? His yoke was the cross. Do you know the troubles that burden us can weigh us down? But I have decided in life, according to the Word of God, I need some endurance. And I want to teach my children endurance. Because many times I have to carry something very heavy. But I have refused. I have decided I'm not going to carry the burden of the world. I'm not going to carry the troubles of the world on my shoulder. I'm going to carry the cross. And sometimes the cross gets heavy. But I am not the one with all the problems on my shoulders. I'm going to be the one with the answers on my shoulder. And sometimes the answer is very hard to carry. Sometimes the answer, sometimes the Word of God gets heavy and can, and, and, and can weigh us down and even cost us our lives. But I'm going to carry the cross. The only burden that I want is His yoke. I refuse, I'm going to absolutely refuse to let the world weigh me down. I choose to be weighed down with the cross. And may God grant me, as 2 Timothy 2.3 says, Timothy, you therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. When hardship comes... My burden is going to be the Word of God. Sometimes it's pretty hard. Sometimes it's pretty tough. 
to put the word of God, to put the cross on your shoulder. But I will endure, as, as Paul told Timothy, I encourage you, endure as a good soldier. The last thing today, the last of these five is faithfulness. It's a theme that runs through 2 Timothy. And fathers, let me encourage you. Tell your children, teach your children, model your children, model grace. Be a person that knows that you can attempt more than you can do because God is with you. That you don't have to say, I can't, I can't, I can't. You can say, I can, I can, I can through Christ. And mercy, be a merciful person, model mercy, model peace. As much as it lies with you, live at peace with all men, the Bible says. And also be a person of endurance. Carry the cross of Christ, even when it gets heavy. Carry the cross. Be one that stands up for Jesus, even when it's not popular. Endure as a good soldier. And number five, faithfulness. 2 Timothy 2, 2. And these things which you have learned and heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Look around in your life. The things that you have learned, teach those to faithful people. Be faithful enough to teach. And that's what the Apostle Paul said. What I have heard from God, I've been faithful to teach you. What you've heard from me, you be faithful to teach others so that they may teach others also. The faithfulness is what we pass down from generation to generation. A faithfulness toward God. A faithfulness like Timothy had. In, or like Paul had, he said in 2 Timothy 4 verse 7, I have fought the good fight. I have finished my race, and I have kept the faith. I have remained faithful to God. It was a fight. It was a race. I fought the fight. I finished my course, and I remained faithful. This morning, there's only one thing that I would encourage you to do, fathers. I would encourage you to lay hands on your children. Lay hands on your children, on your children's children. Because Paul also said to Timothy, bring the scripture up, look at this, and let it get into your heart. I remind you, Timothy, to stir up the gift of God. What is the gift? The gift of God is the Holy Spirit. I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Now remember, this letter was to his son. Fathers, put your hands on your sons and daughters. Stir up the Holy Spirit in their life. You have been given a place. Whether you're a biological father or you're a, a, an adoptive father, a foster father, perhaps you're, you're a, a father figure, a spiritual father in their life. Put your hands on your child. Speak over them. Speak grace and mercy and peace and endurance and faithfulness over their life. Speak it into existence. Speak it as you stir up the Holy Spirit in their life. You will be much, much, much better off with sons and daughters and grandchildren where the Holy Spirit has been imparted and stirred in their life. That's your part, fathers. Lay your hands on your children. Speak over their lives. Speak the word. Prophesy over their lives. 
Speak the Word of God. Don't be afraid to speak the great things that are in your heart over your children. If you don't, God will raise someone else up who will. Because God wants all of His children to be encouraged and blessed. God wants every person on earth to hear about the grace and the mercy and the peace and the endurance and the faithfulness that they can know in Christ. Someone's going to lay hands on them. Someone's going to confess the Word of God over them. Somebody's going to change their life. Somebody's going to be their hero. You can do it. Model Christ. Amen. And if your children are grown or grown and gone, find somebody else to invest in. Let God know I'm willing and watch and see what he will do because the world is filled with fatherless children. God is choosing fathers. Can he choose you? Thanks again for joining us for another dynamic message from Pastor Ron Hammonds. Visit cotr.com and subscribe to our social media platforms to stay up to date. As well, receive more encouraging messages from our pastor and details of the work we're doing both in our community and communities like ours around the world. Today and every day, God bless.